Just lift your hands. Right now, the living presence of God is in this house. The presence of God is in this house this morning. Lord, that you would saturate us, God. Father, you, that you would saturate us with your presence this morning. That, Lord, every care, Father, every care, every burden that may be upon us, every sickness that may be upon us, every bit of fear that may be upon us. Father, where these ones would be, that have been crying out for their unsaved family members, for their unsaved friends. God, I declare this morning that, Lord, your presence would saturate this place, would saturate lives in this house this morning, God. Father, let your presence rain down. Lord, let your glory rain down. Father, I declare this morning, Lord, that it would just sit upon people this morning, Lord God. Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that God, you loved us so much that you sent your Son to hang out here on earth, to see miracles, to set an example for us so that we may be more like Him. Father, as we read about the miracles Jesus did in Scripture, Father, I declare that, Lord, we would be empowered, Father God, that, Lord, we would be encouraged, that, Father, we'd be excited, Lord God, because those same Scriptures, those same miracles, those same things that we read about in Scripture, Lord, I thank You that, God, You've called us, Father God, to move in those same signs and wonders. Father, I thank You, Lord, for a church that's rising up, Father, in faith, Lord God, for a group of people that are rising up in faith, Lord God, that we would start to see miracles that we would start to see souls added in to this house Lord God that we would start to see the power of God move outside the four walls of this church Father and into the community Lord in Jesus name Holy Ghost Holy Ghost Jesus as you died for us Father as you had the crown of thorns laid upon your head Jesus, as you were nailed to the cross. Father, as you did it all for us, so that we could live, so that we could be free, so that we could walk in victory. Jesus, we just want to say today that we thank you. Lord, we want to say today that, Father, we thank you that Jesus, we want you to know that we honor your name. We honor and value your presence. Holy Ghost. Jesus, we declare right now, Father, that your presence would breathe afresh again. You see, friends, God knows what you're going through. God sees what you're going through. You might think you might be alone, in the struggles and in the difficulties of life.
maybe you're here, you've had broken relationships, broken friendships, maybe family members have left, and, 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 and it's the family unit and the love and the friendship that you've known has gone. You see, friends, today, Jesus wants you to know that He sees the pain you're going through, that He knows the pain that you're going through, and He sees it. And He wants you to know He died on the cross so you could be free. He died on the cross over 2,000 years ago so you could stand here today free. He died on the cross so that you could stand here today in this service. He knew you would be here. He knew what you you were going through. It says He knew from the beginning to the end. He knows what you're going through right now. He knew it when He died on the cross over 2,000 years ago. And He knew that you would be standing here this morning. And as He died on the cross, For you and I, as His blood was shed, for you and I, His thoughts were on you. He was doing it for you. So that you could be free. And you could go out empowered with the same power that Jesus moved in. And do the things that God has called you to do. see friends Jesus doesn't come it's not determined by numbers his presence falling into one place is not determined by the amount of people that are here it's determined by your openness for him it's determined by your hard attitude for him to be open to just let him minister to you I've got a message that I know will speak to every heart in this place this morning. And actually the interesting thing was, was that Bryden, as he got up here, said that he's getting away from the noise of prayer. He's getting away from coming with the prayer list and just going loud and proud. And actually what he's doing is he's learning to be silent before the Lord. And my message this morning is about silencing the noises of life. Because I believe we're coming into a season where God is calling the church to be still and to know that He is God. To be still and just start to dwell in that presence of God that gives life, that gives freedom. You see, God is calling the church, which means He's calling you and I because we are the church. This building is not the church. You and I are the church. Holy Ghost, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that Jesus, you would come this morning and that, Father, we would be so saturated with your presence in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Now, I just encourage you, keep your mind and your attitude and your heart open to the Lord because I want at the end of the service, we're going to have some extended time in silence where God just will speak to different ones. I want to encourage you this morning, keep the openness. Keep the openness. Amen. Thanks, guys. You guys did an awesome job. Thanks, Joe. Awesome. Yeah, give them a round of applause. Weren't they good this morning? You know, just an update. Uh, you know, Pastor Mike at the start of the term uh, mentioned to the church how we'd been asked by a, another church in Napier by Napier Christian Fellowship to uh, send our kids' ministry over to them because the guys who were leading their kids' ministry had left 
And, uh, and so they had no one else to take it on. They had no one else to run it. So they came to us and, uh, and said, hey, look, you know, can you guys come and just run our kids' ministry, do our programming, do all the planning for us, work with our leaders, work with our kids, um, and then get it to a place where they can pick it up again. And, uh, and so we've been doing that this term, and the term is pretty much over. And, uh, and so I just wanted to give you guys just an update on where that's at. And uh, I just want to say that uh, it has been such a blessing for us as a kids' ministry to go over there. And, uh, you know, met with, they had lunch with their senior pastors last week, and, and they said, oh, man, we want to thank you so much. The, 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 the vibe in the church is just pumping. There's just such an excitement because there's another church partnering with them to help them in a time of need. And, uh, and so, you know, how blessed they are, how the kids are loving it, how the leaders have got a new enthusiasm and a new passion for kids' ministry again and, and all that stuff. But actually, probably what they don't realize is that actually we've probably been more blessed than what they have been because we've been able to go out and to, and to help another ministry and, and unify with another church, which I tell you, it doesn't happen enough across churches. You know, just let me say this, that uh, actually we're all called, God causes each church to be unique in itself. And so each church has a different calling to the other one. So it's not about comparing what church is better. Actually, it's about supporting each other because we need each other. And so uh, just, you know, it's easy for us to get into that mindset that, oh, we're the best, we're the greatest, we're the coolest, we've got all this and that. Actually, it's not about that at all. You've missed it. It's about being unified. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. And I'll tell you, we've been so blessed to be able to go over there. And uh, so the first four weeks, we ran the program for them so they could see what we do. And uh, not, we don't know everything, but we know some stuff. And they've been doing it for 10 years, so I know a little bit. And so, uh, you know, we went over and ran it for the first four weeks, and then we started to train their guys up, and now they're doing it. And, uh, you know, we've identified a girl to take it on, and, uh, and so that's awesome. So next term, well, we won't be going over every week. We'll just cruise over maybe once or twice in the term just to check out how they're going. We'll still do leaders' meetings with them and stuff like that and just continue to build uh, their kids' ministry and uh, build that unity. So uh, just thank you so much for those who've been praying. And uh, I tell you, it's been such an exciting thing for us. So... Uh, so it's been good. God has been good, amen. So this morning, like I said, I want to talk about silencing the noise around you. And so if you've got your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Luke 10. And this is a passage that we all know, that we've all probably heard before. So I'm just going to breeze past it because this is just a starting point for my message this morning. And uh, it's in Luke 10, 38, 42, and it's the story of Mary and Martha. So let me read it, starting in verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into their, her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, at Jesus' feet, listening to him as to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. How many people know that, uh, you know, there's times when we're working hard and, uh, and we're doing the tasks and the job that are needed, and, uh, and actually, there are times where, where other people are just sitting around doing nothing, and, uh, and it really grates us. And uh, how, many, how many married couples are here this morning? You'll know what I'm talking about if you're a wife, and you're there preparing the dinner, and uh, you're looking after the children, and there's your husband sleeping on the couch. Any, any, any wives have that problem? No, no, no one's been honest with me. Or maybe it's just in my home. <laughs> That's right. I'll tell you something that Jesus has been working on me about, you know, just to... To get in amongst it and help my wife, and so, uh, which is good. It's a good thing. And so here we have Martha. She is just slaving away trying to prepare the dinner, and we have her sister Mary who's sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him teach. And so, of course, Martha's not too happy about this. So she says, 
She said to Jesus, she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister is just sitting here while I do all the work? How many people have complained to God like that before? God, it's just unfair. Yep. There are many here, I'm sure. Or, again, it's just me. So, uh, he says that, so then he says, oh, now I've lost my place. Lord, doesn't it seem unfair for you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all the details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it. You see, Martha was so busy doing tasks, doing the jobs, that she had missed what Jesus wanted, and that was for her to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him speak. You see, we live in a society that our lives are so jam-packed with stuff, with busyness of, of, of family life, church life, work life, social life, TV life, sleeping life, all sorts of kind of things that consume our life that we actually miss the fact that Jesus wants us to just sit at his feet and listen to him speak. You see, Mary had got it. Mary had got it, the importance of just sitting and allowing God to speak. You see, for all of us here, that is a challenge that we face daily. For all of us here with our lifestyles, it's a challenge that we would face as to whether we would just fit God into our life, we would fit our prayer life into into our timetable, or whether we would work our life and our timetable around our relationship with Jesus. You see, for many of us here, and it's a challenge for all of us, and I'm preaching to myself this morning, that for a lot of us, we fit our relationship with Jesus around our timetable. Where Jesus is wanting you and calling us as men and women of God to fit our relationship with God for that to be the number one thing. So that we fit our lifestyle around our relationship with Jesus. So that's not about just finding 10 minutes when I can pray or find, okay, I'm in the shower now, so I'll have my prayer time now. That's cool. But actually, you're living your life out of your own agendas, your own stuff, and you're just trying to fit Jesus in. See, in the Bible, it talks about seek first the kingdom of God. In Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. doesn't say to seek him second. doesn't say to seek him third. It says to seek him first. You see, there's another scripture in the New Testament that talks about how God is a jealous God, that he is jealous about you. He doesn't want to take second place. He doesn't want to take third place. He doesn't want your prayer life, your, your word life to just be whenever. He wants you to seek Him first. But you see, the thing that stops us is the noise of life, is the busyness of life. Think about this question for a minute, you know. How often is it that you get so overwhelmed by just the weight of life that it feels like you're going to crumble under the pressure. You see, there's so much pressure on you and I to walk out the dreams 
of our family members, to walk out of the expectations of our friends, to, to appear to have it all together, to appear to have all the cool stuff. You see, there's an expectation that that's how you get, that's how you make it, by having lots of stuff, by being the best in business. And I tell you, man, God, when you are faithful in business and work and, and you, you achieve well, then God blesses that. However, that's not what defines you as a son and daughter of God. Your relationship with God, spending time with Him, is what defines you. You see, you could be struggling at school today and actually finding it really difficult to learn, finding it really difficult, and you're trying as much as you can, you're studying as hard as you can, but you're just struggling. doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. You're not defined by that. You're defined by what Jesus says about you. You're defined by what Jesus says about you, my son and daughter, whom I'm well pleased. And so there's so many pressures around that overwhelm us. The pressure of finance, the pressure of family life, the pressure of job security, the pressure of internal struggles in our life that we all go through. Or maybe it's just the pressure of everything that life has to offer that it just is too much to handle. See, there are many people here today I believe, and it feels like you're about to crumble under the pressure, under the pressure of life. You know, often we think the way to handle that is to stop doing something. So often for many of us, we are, oh, I won't serve in church because I'm too busy. Actually, that's not always the answer. There are times where you are actually doing too much. You need to let stuff go. You know, but however, there are times where God actually just wants you to just encounter Him. And it's in that time of encounter with Him, the burdens are lifted. Come to me because my burdens are light, the Lord says. So sometimes for many of us, we will give up something, whether it's in the church or whether it's something that we're doing, might be coaching a team or could be whatever, it could be anything. We give it up and so we think, oh sweet, the heaviness and the pressure of life will go now. But we find we're still under the same pressure. Because actually that's Jesus actually wanting you to seek Him and to connect with Him. Let me say this, that if you let something go and you don't replace it with connecting with Jesus and hanging out with Jesus and having the quiet time with Jesus and just sitting at the feet at foot of Jesus, then what will happen is another thing, another task will just fill that void that's left. See, for many of us, we give stuff up, but we don't fill it back up. We're just sitting at the feet of Jesus and allowing Him to speak. So it just gets taken up with more tasks, with more jobs. Imagine this question. Think about this for a minute. What if you spent the same amount of time worrying and talking to others about your problems? So how many people know that when we're going through stuff and we've got things in our life that we spend a lot of time worrying about? It could be financial pressure, it could be job, it could be family, it could be internal stuff in your life. And, and, and the thoughts of that just consume you. And then we, of course, sometimes, how are you going? Oh, man, you wouldn't believe what I've been going through. You know, and, and so the words are coming out of our mouth are constantly about our problems. Imagine this, that if you spend that same amount of time that you spend worrying about your problems and talking to others about your problems, imagine if you spent that same amount of time in silence listening to what God would say. How things would be different. How the weight of that pressure would lift. Instead of spending all that time allowing it to consume your thought life, 
allowing it to, to weigh you down, allowing it to, to, to really just pressure you, instead of doing that, actually sitting at the feet of Jesus and allowing him to speak. You know, I really believe that the, the weight of that would be lifted as you get into the presence of God. The pressure of that would be lifted as you get into the presence of God. Things that would normally overwhelm us won't overwhelm us anymore. You see, in Luke 5, 16, it says that Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. You see, Jesus, who saw miracles, who saw the presence of God come, who was surrounded daily by crowds to the point where they had to lower a man through a roof because they couldn't get into the house because there were so many people. Other times we had to teach in a boat on, 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 the, on, the, on the water because there's so many people surrounded by crowds and crowds of people doing the work that God had called. But Jesus often withdrew to a place where he could be alone and he could just sit in the presence of God. When was the last time that you got into a place where you could just sit in the presence of God? But you might say, yeah, but I've been doing so many cool things for Jesus. Awesome. Jesus was doing so many cool things. But he knew the importance of not just doing the work, but getting alone and spending time with him. Because you see, there are so many people that they do, and they see all these miracles, and they see all this cool stuff happen, that actually, and, and, and in the midst of doing all that, their time with God goes the quiet times they used to have, they're not so regular anymore. Where they used to be daily, they're now weekly because they're busy doing God's work. Where they used to spend time and worshiping in Him with Him for hours a day, they're now doing it once a week, once a month, once every two weeks. You know the problem with that is that if that is your lifestyle, then eventually all the things will just crush you because you'll fall under the weight and the pressure of that. You see, you talk to people who have fallen in ministry, and you, and you look at their life, and it will probably, I would assume that probably one of the number one things that they've done is that they've let go of that quiet time. And so the pressure and the weight of just doing God's work overwhelms them so much to the point they blow out. You see, that's why Jesus knew the importance of going and hanging out and being still alone with God. When was the last time, friends? When was the last time? that you did that. So I've got a few more questions for you to think about. Why is silence so hard to deal with? How many have had that awkward silence where you're having a coffee with someone and no one's speaking and you feel really awkward? So you say something just for the sake of saying something and it's really silly what you said, but hey, at least somebody spoke. How many have been in that situation? I've been in that often. That awkward silence. Why is it so hard to deal with? Why is it, do you sometimes avoid silence because you're afraid of what God might say? You see, sometimes we're actually just scared to come before the Lord because we know our lifestyle isn't quite the way it should be. You see, sometimes for us, we don't even want the person who's sitting next to us to know what's going on for us through the week, let alone Jesus. Newsflash, he already knows. He sees it all. He knows what's going on for you, so why not go and hang out with him and allow him to sort it out? Allow him to help you get breakthrough in that. Because we're not called to do it alone. 
We're called to walk hand in hand with Jesus across every situation, taking him with us wherever we go. When we go into the schoolyard, when we go into our workplace, when we're walking down the street, Jesus is walking right with you, friends. But for a lot of us, we leave him behind because we don't want Jesus to know what actually is going on for us. And we forget that he already knows. He sees all. Does your schedule, your time, your life look like that of a person who wants to hear God's voice? Does your schedule, your time, your life look like that of a person that wants to hear the voice of God? It's a pretty challenging thought, really. Is the loudest voice in your life that of your own thoughts? You see, for many of us, we can quiet and silence the external noises that go on. We can get into a room, we can go to the beach, we can go away for a weekend and and just hang with God. But you know what? Often the hardest thing to silence is your own voice and your own thoughts in your own head. How many people know that you come to worship and you're here in church and the atmosphere is awesome and you lift your hands and the next thing, what you want for lunch is coming up in your head. Or, your, or the jobs that you've got to do this afternoon, all of a sudden, boom, and you're like, what's going on, God? Aren't I supposed to be worshipping you? What is this? It's the battle of your mind that we all have to face, that we all have to deal with, that we all have to struggle with. See, the feelings of rejection, like I'm not loved, like nobody cares about me, that's your battle in your mind is where it plays out. Get victory in your mind, and it won't have power over you anymore. You see, when we worship God, then all of a sudden, the things that we're struggling with, whoom, right in front of our eyes. You see, I guarantee as you get alone with God in a quiet place, the same thing will happen. But you see, right then and there, it's your choice. It's your decision as to what you will do. It's your decision, it's your choice as to whether you'll allow those thoughts to consume your mind and rob you from what Jesus is wanting to do, whether you'll allow those thoughts in your life to rob you of the fact that God wants to encounter you at that moment, the fact that God, the presence of God, wants to, wants to stir you up, wants to fill you up at that moment. It's your choice. It's not mine. It's not anyone else's. It's not the devil's. It's your choice as to whether you'll allow those thoughts to consume your mind and rob you of the thing that God wants you to do, and that is encounter Him. It's your choice. We've got to learn to silence the voices that are in our thoughts. You see, sometimes it's actually about some of it's spiritual, some of it's practical. So I encourage you a couple of keys is this, is firstly, when it's a spiritual thing and it's a spiritual attack and the enemy's just trying to rob you, see, he's cunning. He'll try and rob you from the call of God. He'll try and rob you from the thing that God wants you to do. And so what you need to do then is that you need to get Scripture and you need to meditate on that. You need to have Scriptures that you already know off by heart so that it doesn't matter what situation you can be in because, you see, we're not always in a place where we can open our Bible up. So, you see, if you don't meditate on the Word then you're not going into battle fully armored. 
So you've got to have scriptures that you, that you know and that you memorize that so when you do go into battle, when you're in your school, when you're in work, when you're in town, doesn't matter what you're doing, when you're hanging out with Jesus in that quiet time where thoughts bombard your mind, you can then fight back with the Word of God. So when thoughts come into your mind, I'm not good enough, nobody likes me, what about the fact that I haven't prayed for a week? Then you say, well, my God, greater is He who's in me than he who's in the world. My God is more than a conqueror. My God has given me the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. You see, as you start to meditate and you start to learn the word of God so that when the enemy bombards your mind, you can then fight it back with the, with the weapons that God has given you so that you can walk in victory. But see, then there's practical things as well. So sometimes when you're just hanging out in the presence of God, you know, all this list of tasks come up to you, into your mind, into your thoughts. Oh, I've got to get groceries, got to pay this bill, got to, got to make sure my dinner's ready for my husband, got to do this, got to do that. You know, one real simple key, have a piece of paper next to you. And as soon as that thought comes into your mind, write it down. Now you don't have to think about it anymore because it's on the piece of paper that you can go back to when you're finished hanging out with God. All the list of jobs, because we have so many, because we leave that, live that kind of lifestyle, just write them down. Then you can put it to the side and continue to connect and engage with God. See, God is calling us to sit at His feet. God is calling us to hang out with Him. God is calling us to be still and to know that He is God. God is calling us to silence the noises of life. The band can come up. God is calling us to silence the noises of life. Not a DVD that I wanted to show, but typical DVD is not working, so that's okay. We found that out in the first service, so I'll just tell you about it. But uh, when I first saw it, man, it just really impacted me so much because it's all about the busyness of life and, and the different things that we've got going on. And I asked some really important questions for us to think about. So when I saw it, I just started to cry because I actually realized for my own life, and uh, Joe, if you can start playing, then that'll be cool. I realized for my own life that, uh, you know, man, I'd allowed busyness to rob me of what God wanted to do. I'd allowed the busyness of life, the tasks, the jobs, the doing the ministry, to rob me from actually just being still and allowing Him to be God. Where I was crying out for answers and, and thinking, God, are you not speaking? Actually, God just required me to be still and to listen. See, so in this DVD, it talks about it's a, it's a NUMA DVD and, uh, by Rob Bell, and it's called Noise. So if you ever get the opportunity to get it, get it, because it's really impacting. And, uh, and so basically it starts off with Rob Bell talking about how noise has increased so dramatically over the last, next, last 10 years. And, and then he talks about how Elijah went up to the mountain. He was done. He, 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 was, he, was, he was struggling. And he went up to the mountain to, see, to encounter God. And it says that as he went up to the mountain, there was an earthquake, and, and there was a fire, and there was wind. And it says that God wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the wind. You see, often we think that God is in those noisy moments. And so we go looking for God, but he's not there. And we think God's not speaking. But then it says God was in the still, small voice. You see, God's not in the busyness of life, he's in the still, small voice. There are times that God will speak in the busyness. But actually, we hear greater when we're still. God will speak more readily 
when we're still. And so translated of, of that was how God was in the sheer silence. And so then it comes through with a whole lot of questions. It says, do you have a TV? Do you have more than one TV? And these are questions for us to think about. Do you have a cell phone? Do you have voicemail on your cell phone? Do you have internet and emails that come to your cell phone? How much time do you spend on the net? How much time do you surround noise around your life? Do you always have a radio on or music playing? And then it says, do you wish that God's voice would be louder so that you could hear him? And then it says this question. It says, do you think our inability to hear the voice of God has to do with the noise that has surrounded our life? Think about that for a minute. Do you think there's a connection between our inability to hear the voice of God because we're surrounded by so much noise, because we're so busy? I think for a lot of us, me included, that that would be true. Because we just don't allow times where we can be still. In Psalms it says, be still and know that I'm God. It's not about coming to Him at times with your prayer list. It's about just being still. Allowing His presence to saturate you. Allowing the anointing of God to just saturate you. So what we're going to do, church, is when I was praying this week, I believe that God wants to saturate us. I believe that God's calling us to be still this morning so that He can speak. There are people here, you've lost the dream that you once had because you're too busy. Because you've surrounded your life with so much noise that you've stopped hearing the dream that God wants for you. So there are dreams that God wants to ignite again in your lives. Some of us, the pressure of life is so weighing us down that as you come this morning and you be still and allow God to speak, that weight would lift. There are some who have been so burdened by the fact that our family members aren't being saved that we think we just need to pray louder. Actually, be still and allow God to speak. Some of us here have been wanting God to speak. God, I need an answer for the situation that I'm facing now. And we haven't heard anything. In the stillness, you will hear the voice of God. So this morning, I want us to stand. I want us to come and fill the front. Maybe you just need a touch from God this morning. You just need God just to just, to just zap you again. I want us just to fill the front. You see, the thing is, it's not about necessarily coming here because God's all over the place. He can encounter you where you're at. But actually, there's a step of faith when we step out. The Bible says God comes to faith. And so when we step out and make that stand and come to the front, then actually we're saying, God, I'm desperate enough for you that I'll get out of my seat and I'll come. And I believe all of us, if we had just about the whole first service up here, because God wants to speak. We're not going to sing. I'm not going to talk for a little bit. And we're just going to allow God just to resonate, just to saturate on you and just listen to the voice of God. Because this morning he wants to speak to many here. Thank you, Jesus. Come.
Holy Ghost. Jesus. Father, right now I declare dreams being ignited again. Father God, heaviness lifting in Jesus' name. Father, I declare new downloads into people's thoughts, into people's minds. Father God, about the way you think about them. Father, where there's pain, Lord, where there's hurt, where there's been fear, where there's been brokenness, Lord. Father, I declare right now that, God, you're downloading. Father God, Father, your thoughts, your mind. Father God, the way you think about us, that, Father, you're changing. Father God, the programming, Lord God, in people's lives. Jesus. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Don't switch off, church. To make sure you get that quiet time that you can be still throughout the week. It's not about a Sunday thing. It's about a lifestyle. Amen. Be blessed. Have an awesome week. We'll see you tonight.